Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Okay, continue to clap your hands into the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody clap your hands and lift up your voice. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Jesus, we praise you, Lord. There is nobody else like you, Jesus. We glorify you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, your name is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. If you love the Lord, can you shout, I love you, Jesus. Now, if you love your pastor, his lovely wife and family. Can you once again clap your hands and thank the Lord for Pastor and Sister Edwards and the Edwards family. Praise God. Amen. The Bible tells us that it is always right to give honor to where honor is due and to give double honor. This couple is worthy of the respect and love and adoration that you have just shown them. 30 years has already been mentioned. It's incredible. Ministry, everything that is involved in ministry, and for this family to do it with excellence for 30 years. Times they could have left when the storms came, but they're not hirelings. They are true under-shepherds of Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd. And I know personally, as their children have been able to testify, their daughter, their son, their son-in-law, their family are able to express it like they so eloquently did today. But I'm able to lift up my voice and my family are able to lift up our voice with their son and daughter and say that Pastor and Sister Edwards genuinely love you. They love you. And I'm just so thankful that you all showed that love back to them, reciprocated that here today. Once again, can you clap your hands and can you thank the Lord for Pastor and Sister Edwards? Come on, clap your hands and thank the Lord for Brother Brent, Sister Sharice, their children. Amen for Sister Shara. Amen for Brother Michael Grady. Come on, can you clap your hands and thank the Lord for them and their beautiful baby girl? Come on, clap your hands and thank the Lord with your voice. Lift up your voice unto God. And thank God for the Edwards family. Jesus, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for this great couple and for this great family. Praise God. Amen. It is an honor to be here. My wife and I and our son, uh, our, our daughter, our son, sends his greetings. He wanted to be here. And, um, but we just love the Edwards. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to direct your attention to the book of Genesis chapter 48. I'm going to read to you from two verses of Scripture. For the sake of time, my comments are going to be brief. But while you're locating that, whether in printed form or digital form, as it has already been mentioned, Sister Edwards was my Sunday school teacher. Uh, growing up in the Memphis church, I am thankful for this family in more ways than one in that uh, the Edwards family were foundational members of the church that I came out of, that we came out of in Memphis. Their parents were founding members of that church. And I'm thankful that they stood for apostolic truth, and they loved this truth. Uh, when my family was a part of another apostolic organization, another church in Memphis that walked away from truth, was heading in the wrong direction, was turning charismatic, 
my mother and father made up in their mind that no matter what people said in the city of Memphis or what their family said, they were going to keep us in truth. And thank God there was a church right down the road, Whitehaven United Pentecostal Church, as it was called back then, um, the community that the church was in, not far from Graceland, south of the airport, and um, grew up around there in a gang-infested, drug-infested neighborhood. But thank God there was a church, a United Pentecostal Church, down the road, three miles from our apartments. And we walked in as just a kid. I saw a beautiful couple, had movie star looks, and they still got that just picture perfect. But I, I observed how Pastor Edwards treated Sister Edwards. He is the definition of a gentleman. And um, I watched, amen, Sister Edwards, how she carried herself and has always with such grace and I thank the Lord for this couple. As you've heard me say before, if you've been a member of this church the last 22 years that we've been coming here, Pastor Edwards was my dad's boss at Federal Express. And I know in the Hagen household, my parents didn't talk about the ministry, but they're those that they were favorites to my parents. And Brother Edwards' example on the job at Federal Express was a testimony to my father and made it so much easier for my dad to be a witness to his co-workers. There, there's a gentleman that is in the ministry today, a pastor in Memphis, a part of the apostolic organization that, that was impacted by Pastor Edwards' testimony. So I, I remember when they left from Memphis and they came here to Mount Vernon, Illinois, and uh, we were sad to see them leave, but we were thankful that they were in the will of God. And look what the Lord has done. Amen. Aren't you thankful that the Lord called Pastor and Sister Edwards here to Mount Vernon and then to watch Brent, amen, grow up into the man of God that he is today, amen. We were in a situation 11 years ago in a room, and I was trying to be a tough guy and not cry and not lose my emotions in a very crucial time, and Brent was the youngest that was in that room, and I watched him carry himself with such integrity and maturity. I told my wife after that night, I said, Brent was, a, he, he was the most mature out of all of us. We were all boo-hooing and crying and yelling at each other. And Brent, he just, I said, that's because his mother and father, they taught him right. And to see how the Lord has used him, he's using the gifts of the spirit and not just in music ministry. And I thank the Lord. He married Sharice, amen. And that, that's one of the best decisions that you made right there. And, of course, Sister Sharice's mother was my son's Sunday school teacher, and now he's at Urshan College. Amen. But I thank the Lord for Brenda Sharice and their children, and then Sister Shara, her husband. I wonder who is Shara going to marry? He's got to be perfect. I mean, he's got to be a gentleman because he's got a high standard. And lo and behold, the Lord, amen, brought Michael Grady into her life and you into his life. And they are anointed the favor of God is upon, upon them. As I watched them today, I thought, my God, I just, uh, I'm just thankful that the gospel is in good hands. Amen. We're sanctified, proud of you all. Once again, can you clap your hands into the wonderful Lord, name of the Lord for this wonderful family? Praise God. Genesis chapter 48, verses 21, 22. The Bible says, And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you. And bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion. Can somebody say one portion? One portion above thy brethren. 
which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Israel, Jacob, said to his son, Joseph, I'm going to die, but God is going to be with you. He's going to bring you into that promised land that he has spoken to our fathers. But I'm going to give to you one portion of inheritance above your brothers. And he said, this is special to me, Joseph, because I took it out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Just for a few moments this afternoon, I'm not going to keep you long. I know your stomachs are turning. I know you had already some good lunch. And I saw those cupcakes out there. I was just like, Jesus, I'm tempted right now. But I, I know you're ready to, 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 to have lunch. But I just believe that the Lord has given me a word here today to celebrate this wonderful couple, to celebrate this family, to celebrate this church, and to remind you that the best days are not behind you, but they are still moving ahead. God has got great things in store for Calvary Church. If you believe that, can somebody shout amen? So just for a few moments, I want to speak to you on this subject with a sword and with a bow. With a sword and with a bow. If you're going to help me preach by saying amen one time, you may be seated. God bless you here today. Amen. To all of those that have joined us from other local assemblies, thank you to ministers, Pastor Beavis. God bless you. Serve here as youth pastor. Amen. We appreciate you. So good to see Sister Jean. Amen. Love you very much. Sister Teresa, God bless you. Amen. Can we just give all of our ministers that are here today a wonderful hand clap once again? The story of Joseph is one of the most amazing stories in all of the Bible. Does anybody love the story of Joseph? If you've never heard about the story of Joseph, you would take some time to read it there towards the end of the book of Genesis. It will bless your life. It's one of the most amazing stories because it is one that includes heartbreak and hope, sorrow as well as success. One reason why Joseph's story is so intriguing and compelling is because it is a foreshadow of Christ. Joseph was hated by his brothers, betrayed, sold out, lied upon. Potiphar's wife tried to defame his character and so forth. But Joseph maintained his integrity and eventually was elevated from prison and position on the right hand of authority. It is while Joseph served as second in command in Egypt that he had two sons. His firstborn he named Manasseh. And his second son, he named Ephraim. The name Manasseh in the Hebrew sounds like the word forget. Can somebody say forget? While the name Ephraim in the Hebrew sounds like the Hebrew word, which means twice fruitful or doubly fruitful. The Bible says that Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's house. The second son, he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Although Joseph did not totally forget all that he had went through, yet his sons represented the fact that God had blessed him so much that it caused him not to dwell on his past, but instead focus 
on his fruitfulness. Instead, focus on the, prosper, the prosperity. Instead, focus on, uh, amen, the fact that he was being productive in uh, a strange land. Can I stop right here to tell somebody this afternoon that it does not matter what you have been through. God can bless you in such a way that it will cause you to forget about your pain and instead praise his name for his abundance and goodness in your life. Can I say it again? God can bless you in such a way that it does not matter what you have been through. It does not matter what pain is in your past. It doesn't matter what pain is in your present. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. God can bless you in such a way that he will cause you to forget about the turmoil. And he will cause you to begin to praise him and glorify him and magnify him. Does anybody know that God has been good to you? in spite uh, of what you've been through. Has anybody got a testimony in this place uh, that we serve a good God? I'm wondering, can you stand to your feet? Uh, can somebody put your hands together once again? Uh, and can you make a declaration that God is uh, a good God? <laughs> hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Joseph said, I'm going to name my sons, amen, after what I've been through, but not just because of what I've been through, but what God has brought me through, what he's brought me from, and what he is going to do in the future. I'm not going to dwell on the past, but God is causing me to prosper right now. His favor is upon me right now, and he's got a future in store for my family, so I'm going to give God glory in spite of what I've been through. Pastor Edwards, amen, I've seen it many times. I've not heard negativity come from your lips. Some pastors, all they do is trash the saints when we go out to eat with them, but not this man of God. He talks up the people of God. I know there are many times that there have been many who have gone on to be with the Lord, and your heart has grieved. It has pained you, but instead of you dwelling on the negative, instead of dwelling on the past, this couple has chosen to praise God, to say God is going to cause us to move beyond the pain of the past and we're going to focus on what he has in store for us now. Man, one of the most traumatic times that we ministered through the years, we were ministering right here in Mount Vernon, 2019. I was up praying around midnight and it was around that time that, that, that my wife received a text from one of our nieces and she said, our sister is missing. Amen. And while I continue to pray, I said, Charnay, this is not good. What I feel in my spirit, I don't know what's going on, but this is not good. Eventually, one of our nieces, another one of our nieces called, and um, I told, told my wife, I said, don't answer it. Just let her leave a voicemail. And it was the voicemail of our other niece who said, our cousin has been murdered. Right here, 2019, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. I never met my niece's boyfriend, she was just 25 years of age in a nursing program. They had two beautiful children together, but he thought that the youngest was not his. And I had never met him, but the Lord spoke to me and said, it's her boyfriend that took her life. And I began to pray, God, don't let him get away. Anger and rage came on the inside of me. But then, amen, I began to pray for his soul, saying, Lord, he took my niece. He took her niece. She's gone. But, oh, God, 
Amen. Save him. May he turn himself in, but give him a chance to be saved. And thankfully, his father made him turn himself in the next day. I walked into this church, didn't tell anybody. We were smiling and, and just praise the Lord. Amen. You all are so kind and nobody even knew. Amen. It wasn't until we went out to Cracker Barrel that I let Pastor Sister Edwards know. But thank God we were here. Thank God I sat at that table. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, amen, all the wonderful things that they're daughter and their son has said, their son-in-law has said about this wonderful couple. But another thing that you know about your pastor and his wife is that they are spiritual people. Because the Bible says, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Uh, in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, this man is a meek and humble man like Moses. Uh, amen. They were able to love on us in a time. Uh, amen. We were hurting a time. Amen. When we were in pain. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, they have been through so many things uh, that they were able to say, Brother Hagen, this is, this, this is not good. Amen. What has happened is wrong. Uh, but God is a God of justice. God uh, is a God of love. Don't hate. Uh, love. Pray. Amen. And they were able to love us through. Thank God we were right here, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. I watched this couple take my family through the understanding that God can help you move beyond. He can give you Manasseh. He can help you to forget the pain of your past. And he can cause you to focus on your fruitfulness right now. Does anybody believe that? Is anybody thankful that we serve that kind of a God? Can you clap your hands? And can somebody shout hallelujah? God is a good God. And he has been good to us. Not only is God a good God, uh, but God is a promise-keeping God. The story of Joseph reminds us that not only can God give you a dream, but he can also bring that dream uh, to pass. Amen. You are in this wonderful building. I remember, amen, 25th and, and, and Jones, and I, I enjoyed the revivals in that old building. Praise God. But there was a vision that God wants to do more here in Mount Vernon. And not only did God give your pastor a dream, but now we are in the dream. We are here, and God's got more. And I said, God's got more. Amen. God is a promise keeper. He is able to make you a promise, but he can also deliver that promise, because he is a promise-keeping God. The dreams that Joseph's brothers mocked him became a reality when they bowed before him. The dreams that seemed preposterous and to his father, but made Jacob ponder were fulfilled when they were reunited and stood before Pharaoh. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 47 that Joseph brought his father Jacob and presented him before Pharaoh. After Jacob blessed Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked him, how old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, the years of my pilgrimage are 130. We celebrate 30 years today, but can you imagine 130 years? He said, the years of my pilgrimage have been 130. My years have been few and difficult. It has not been easy, even though God has blessed me, even though he has changed my name uh, and I have power with God, I want you to know uh, that living for God is not easy. Serving the Lord is not easy. My years have been few. Uh, they have been difficult uh, and they do not equal the years of the pilgrimage uh, of my fathers. But then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and he went out from his presence. Though Jacob had been through many tests and trials and tribulations, he knew how good God had been to him. He knew that God had been a good God. 
and had blessed him to where he was able to bless Pharaoh. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Here is Pharaoh, no doubt the most powerful political figure and person of prominence and preeminence of that time. But here is Jacob, Israel, who has power with God, and he blesses Pharaoh. He doesn't care who he is. He doesn't care that he's some potentate. He blesses him because he knows who the king of king is and the Lord of Lord is. He knows, amen, what his connection with God is. And the Bible says he blesses Pharaoh. This tells me that Jacob somehow, maybe it was after being reunited with his son, Joseph chose to be a blessing instead of being bitter in life. I believe it was actually before, amen, Joseph, before he was reunited, when he sent his son Judah before him. Amen. Jacob somehow made up in his mind, I am going to be a blessing instead of being bitter. Amen. I lost my precious wife that I love so much, but instead of being bitter, I'm going to be a blessing. Here he stands, amen, in the presence of Pharaoh with his son by his side that he thought was as good as dead. He had been through many years of trials and tribulations, few and difficult, Amen. He did not attain in his mind's eye to his grandfather and to his father. But there he was being a blessing to Pharaoh. I wonder if there's anybody in this house that wants to be a blessing instead of bitter in life. I said, does anybody want to be a blessing? I've watched this great man of God, amen, make up in his mind that he is going to be a blessing instead of being bitter. I've watched this wonderful woman of God make up in her mind, I'm not going to be bitter. Don't you dare call me Mara. I'm going to be a blessing because I am fruitful. I'm going to bless others. They have blessed this church, not just this church, but they have blessed this city and not just this city, but they have blessed this region of Southern Illinois with 30 years of faithfully serving God and faithfully serving you. Does anybody got a made-up mind like your pastor and first lady? Does anybody got a made-up mind like Jacob that I am going to be a blessing? If you want to be blessed and if you want to be a blessing, can somebody clap your hands and can somebody lift up your voice and can somebody glorify God right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, ladies and gentlemen. Pharaoh wasn't the only one we find uh, that was on the receiving end of one of Jacob's blessings. But Jacob also blessed uh, his son Joseph and his grandsons Ephraim and Manasseh. We read about that blessing in Genesis 48. It was right before he died that Joseph brought his boys uh, before his dad so that he can bless them. Before he blessed them, Jacob made Joseph promise him that he would not bury him in Egypt but in the land that God had promised. The writer of Hebrews summarizes this up for us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 21 when he wrote, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning upon the top of his staff. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob could not physically praise God like he used to, but he could still worship. Can I just say to some of our elders that are here, amen, those that I've known for 22 years is some that have gone on to be with the Lord. But can I say to the elders that are here that have been right alongside Brother and Sister Edwards for the last 30 years uh, that your worship uh, is a blessing to the younger generation. I said your worship 
is a blessing to the younger generation. Praise God, I met your granddaughter yesterday at the, ho at the hotel, amen, but you've been worshiping God here at this church, and your, your worship is a blessing to the younger generation. There are those who get on the aisle and begin to praise God, amen, so that the younger generation can see this is what it's all about. It's about praising God. It's about living for God. It's about remaining faithful to God no matter what you go through. The Bible says while Jacob was dying, he could not praise God like he used to. Amen. Pastor Edwards, Papa Edwards, your dad, he couldn't praise God like he used to. But ladies and gentlemen, I will hear, amen, Papa Edwards say, amen, now friend, amen, I might be going with Jesus, but I believe that God's got a plan for you. And I watched your father, amen, while he was a dying, begin to worship God. Can I tell somebody, amen, you might not be able to physically praise the Lord like you used to, but if you can still lift up a hand, if you can still lift up a voice, Elder Tennyson, amen, you've been a faithful man. Remember, you've been a faithful elder, and you might not be able to praise God like you used to physically, but your worship, amen, is so valuable to heaven. When you begin to move, heaven and earth begins to move. Something happens when you begin to worship and praise God. Does anybody believe that? Can you lift up your hands? Can you lift up your voice? And can somebody give God praise? I hasten, ladies and gentlemen, but the Bible says in Genesis chapter 48 and verse number 20 that Jacob blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. Ladies and gentlemen, this leads us to our text where Jacob's blessing turns into a prophecy. Amen. He blessed Ephraim and Manasseh. And then all of a sudden, he speaks to Joseph again, and it becomes prophetic. Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Israel prophesied to Joseph that God was going to be with him and bring him. That also included his brothers and their families. That he was going to bring them into the promised land. Then he gives him a little extra inheritance, which he says, I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. There is no reason not to believe Jacob. When he said these words, my only question to you here today is when did this happen? I asked the scholars, the men and the women that are sitting here, the boys and the girls, when did this happen? When did Jacob take a portion of the land of the Amorites with his sword and with his bow? Most scholars are not quite sure. Some scholars say that it could be a reference to an unrecorded event that's not recorded in the Bible. Or it could be a piece of land that Jacob purchased from the sons of Hamor in Genesis chapter 33 verse 19. Some scholars said that it could be a reference to Genesis 34 in verse number 25 when Simeon and Levi sought revenge in Shechem over what happened to their sister. God had told Jacob to go back to Bethel. Amen. He was in the will of God. But when his daughter, amen, went out to go see the other young ladies of the land, she was, amen, humiliated. She was put to shame. 
And whenever, amen, her brothers found out, Simeon and Levi took it upon themselves to go and seek out revenge. Whenever Jacob heard about it, he was already heartbroken for his daughter. He was already not questioning the will of God, knowing that he was in the will of God. But, but somehow this tragedy that transpired, he lived in a real world like we live in a real world. And then he hears the news that his sons go and slaughter, amen, a, a group of people who didn't know any better. Who, whose son, uh, uh, who was the crown prince, was, was doing what he thought in his land and, and was even willing to come in covenant with Israel. But yet they took out his life at a vulnerable time. And now Jacob says to his two sons, you've made me to stink. Uh, I'm going to have a stench all throughout the land. Uh, everybody's going to want to come against us. And they left there. The Bible tells us that was in Shechem that Simeon and Levi sought revenge. This could be the case. This could be the sense of the words when Jacob said one portion. Because that phrase, one portion in Hebrew, comes from the Hebrew root word, which is Shechem. Shechem comes from that word, Shechem. And eventually, Shechem became a part of the tribe of Manasseh's territory. So this could be what Jacob was referring to when he said, I took it out of the hands of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. But most scholars are not certain. I'm certainly not a scholar. But here's what we do know from the Bible. This is what the Bible does tell us for certain. And that is like Jacob, Joseph prophesied to his brothers that God was going to visit them and bring them into the land and that they were to take his bones with him and that they were to, with them and they were to bury them in the promised land. Jacob had made Joseph make that promise that he would bury him in the land of his fathers. And now here is Joseph looking at his brothers and their families saying, God is going to visit you when I die, but make sure that you take my bones out of Egypt. Don't leave me here in Egypt, but take my bones just like my father's body. Take my bones to the promised land. And ladies and gentlemen, the Lord did deliver them. Amen. The Lord brought them out of Egypt with the outstretched hand. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, he carried Joseph's bones. The Bible says they carried Joseph's bones out of Egypt and they buried his bones in Shechem. Joseph's sons eventually inherited and possessed that land of Shechem. It was there in that land that we find in the New Testament that Jesus came to a city in Samaria called Sychar. It was near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Uh, Jacob's well was there, matter of fact, uh, and the man Christ Jesus, weary from his journey, amen, but there on purpose uh, because he had a message for a woman uh, who was weary from life uh, and spiritually thirsty. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, amen, this is the land uh, that Jacob said to Joseph, I give you one portion above your brethren, amen, that I took out the hands of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. You might be saying, well, that's cool, Brother Hagin, that's great. But what does that have to do with us? What does Jacob's words to his son Joseph have to do with us in 2023? Turn to somebody and tell them that's a good question. The Apostle Paul said it like this, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Can I remind Calvary Church of Mount Vernon, Illinois, that God has given you spiritual weapons to help you win the victory over your enemies. For the last 30 years that Pastor and Sister Edwards have served here, God has put a sword in their hand and they've also used a bow to fight off the devils that have been coming against you and your family. They have taught you how to use the sword. They have taught you how to use a bow. Kind of remind us here today that just like Jacob, God has given us victories in the past that we have been able to fight and we have been able to win with the sword and with the bow. Can I remind somebody in this place that the Lord has given you a sword? Ephesians chapter 6 verse number 17 tells us that it is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Sunday after Sunday, time after time, year after year, before the pandemic, after the pandemic, and even during the pandemic, Pastor Evers has stood here in this pulpit, and he's used the sword of the Lord. He's used the sword of God against, amen, the enemy. He's fought on your behalf by preaching and by teaching and by exhorting and by encouraging. Ladies and gentlemen, can I remind you that God has given you a sword. You don't have to sit back and be defeated. You don't have to take the lies of the devil, but you can use whatever scripture knowledge you got and you can say in the name of the Lord, get thee behind me, Satan. God has equipped me with the sword. I don't have to live in defeat. I can live in victory. Does it anybody believe that here today? Is anybody thankful for the word of God? Is anybody thankful for a pastor that's preached the word of God? Can somebody clap your hands right now and give God praise? I hasten to a close. Amen. Where's Brother Brent? I hasten to a close. Amen. Pastor Brent, ladies and gentlemen, not only has the Lord given us a sword, but he has also given us a bow. And can I submit to you here today that that bow represents worship. There are seven Hebrew root words for praise in the Bible. We don't have the time to go through them all, but one of them is yada, which means to extend the hand, to throw out the hand, to worship with an extended hand, to lift the hands. Another word is toda, which is more specific than yada. It means to extension of the hand in adoration, in a vow, or in acceptance. It is used in thanking God for things not yet received, as well as things already at hand. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why you're in this building is because your pastor and your pastor's wife, they knew how to use a bow. They knew how to use their worship. They knew how to use a song. They knew how to prophesy. There's something called prophetic praise, Sister Gina, when somebody begins to declare what hasn't already happened yet, but they can see it in the spirit and they said it hasn't happened yet, but God is going to do it. So I'm going to use my I'm going to use my worship. Amen. Can I tell somebody in this place that when you praise God and worship him, it's like shooting an arrow with the bow. The arrow is your praise and the bow is your worship. You keep the enemy at bay by giving God praise and worshiping God. But not only has the Lord given you a bow as in a bow and arrow, but can I tell somebody that God has also given you a bow as in bowing down in worship. Because the word worship in the Hebrew is shakah, 
which means to bow down, to depress or decrease oneself, to prostrate oneself before a superior in homage before God. Just like with the bow and arrow. That bow most of the time is bent, but you have to pull back that string. So it is with worship. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to pull self out of the way. But it's through your humanity that you launch your praise. It's through what you're going through. Some people think they've got to be perfect. Amen. To worship God. No. You just got to humble yourself. You just got to get self out of the way. And then you got to launch an arrow praise, which is the fruit of your lips. Lord, I praise you. I magnify you. I've been going through, but you brought me through. If you did it before, you're going to do it some more. Come on, God. You've been so good to me. You've never failed me. You've said you would never leave us or forsake us so I praise you can we stand all over this house can I remind somebody that the blessing that Jacob gave his son Joseph and his sons the worship that followed was a result of the victory that had been won in the past we celebrate 30 years of pastoral excellence we celebrate this wonderful congregation of being beside your pastor in the thick and in the thin. But there are many past victories that we can celebrate here today. Jacob was able to bless Joseph's sons because of what God had did for him in the past. Because of a victory that was won. Because of one portion that he was able to take with his sword and with his bow. Though he was weak, and die, he worshiped. Can I tell somebody here today, you might be bowled over. But that doesn't mean that you're defeated. The enemy has lied to too many people for far too long. He's told you, you're no good, you're not gonna make it, but here you are today. You might be bowled over, but I couldn't tell somebody that bowing down is the, is the posture of victory. Amen. It's because of that posture of worship that God can give you victory in your presence. Can I make a prophetic, prophetic declaration? That God is going to visit this church. God is going to visit this local assembly. As they were doing the, the title slide, and what an excellent job. Amen. The media team and those who produced that. Brother Beavis saw a picture. He said, I remember that night. I remember that move of God. Can I tell you, just like in the past, when God has visited you, he's going to visit this church once again. He's going to visit this church with his presence. He's going to visit this church with his promise. And he is going to visit this church with his power. I prophesy in the Holy Ghost that you haven't seen anything yet. But there are about to be miracle signs and wonders as you move forward because God is going to visit you. If you believe that, can somebody clap your hands and can somebody lift up your voice? And this is what I leave you with. Ladies and gentlemen, it is through worship and it's through the word that you can get into the spirit and find refreshing and renewal. Jesus there, amen. And that parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, to his grandsons, there Jesus met that woman at the well. 
And he said to that precious woman, everyone who drinks from this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks from that water that I will give will never get thirsty. Matter of fact, the water that I will give will become a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob, for getting that inheritance. Thank you, Jacob, for getting that land because eventually our Messiah came. He stood, amen, when you gave that portion to your son, Joseph, who was a foreshadow of you, Christ. Amen, you stood there and you told a woman that was just like us who was thirsty. You said if you have a thirst, no matter what you go through, you can be renewed and you can be refreshed. Can I tell somebody here today that through the word of God, and through your worship, you can get into the spirit and God can renew you. He can refresh you. The enemy has come against this church. He's trying to hit you time and time and time again. But this church knows how to praise God rope-a-dope style. Every time they hit Muhammad Ali, he just got on the ropes. He staggered with every blow. He was bowed down, but he didn't go down. He just hung on because he knew the enemy was going to get tired. And then there was a strength that came. Ladies and gentlemen, when you just keep on praising God, hanging on to the ropes, I'm not going down. God's given me a promise. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God would empower you and cause you to get back up and fight again. I feel victory in this house for somebody to understand that you can be renewed in the Holy Ghost. If you believe that all over this place, can somebody begin to launch a praise? Can somebody begin to worship God? Can somebody begin to glorify God right now? Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.